0: I get asked when you wake up in the morning how do you know that you are you and you're not your twin sister <laughs> and i said this, i'm like this isn't like an astral projection like our souls don't leave in our sleep
1: microphone check does my mic sound nice uh yes it does Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time, where we change the narrative by changing the perspective. I'm Jared Dam, and it's about damn time to have another conversation that changes the way you think and perceive things. The only question is, are you ready? Ready? Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time. I am Jared Dam in the building once again. And wow. You might can hear a little twinge in my voice. No, it's not because I went super hard last week for my birthday. Shout out to me, by the way. No, but uh, no, it's not because of that. I uh yo, know, it's Georgia in the springtime. You know, that can only I can only mean one thing. And it means that uh, pollen is crazy and it is kicking my natural black ass and that um, I am about like a hint away from having a sinus infection. So I have been fighting that, had to cancel some podcast recordings. Uh, Yeah, a struggle. So um, Mucinex D, Claritin D, I know I'm going to skip the whole joke about too much D, but Mucinex D, Claritin D... um, Cough Drops, uh, Benadryl, I'm taking it all right now, I'm taking it all right now, um, NyQuil, um, I'll, I'll pause about a joke about taking it all. You know what, I'm in a different mindset this week, but it's probably because of the guests that I have this week, And this now this was coming for quite some time, um, I'm not going to hold you with a long intro, I'll cover kind of my birthday and how everything went, and kind of some introspective things um, Hopefully next week When I can actually talk for a long period of time Without coughing in y'all ear So without any further ado I'd like to introduce my guest this week That probably had me in this state of mind It is Safia Darling So Safia Darling is A sex educator and a kink specialist Now what Safia is doing I I, I actually begged her to come on You see I am having a dilemma. Well, I wouldn't say a crisis. A dilemma, um, reflecting, if you will. Uh, Sophia was a guest on Parents After Midnight, which, by the way, by the way, is available on all podcasting platforms. You don't have to be a parent to listen to it. You, you know, you don't have to stay up past midnight to listen to it. You can actually listen to it. It's a podcast about two sex positive people that talk about self care and, of course, sex. From a single parent perspective So you can check that out We have a lot of great guests uh, Adult content creators uh, You know uh, We have sex educators such as Safia, um, and, and people who who have Alternative lifestyles that we talk to As well as just me and Me and Omari just shooting the shit And talking a lot of crazy shit But regardless of all that Safia was on Parents After Midnight Ask her to come on, it's about damn time because of the topic that we kind of talked about, Solo Polly. What does it actually mean? And is it for me? And before you go there, people hear Polly and they're already like, oh my God, oh my God. Listen, with an open mind, ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're here. We're changing the narrative to change the perspective. We're opening doors, we're building a better me, A, build, a building a better you. You can't, you can't do all that building if you don't have all the facts. So, Safi is here, and in, in, in set me straight on what exactly it is, and, you know, have me open up to, to, to some things personally so I can figure out if it's a lifestyle for me. So, without any further ado, sit back, relax, listen to Safi and me, it's about them time. Look, I'm more nervous about about this episode than my guests today, um, because I, I'm going to like church therapies um, going on right now. So, all right, as I try to calm myself down, I'm going to sit there and, and, and um, allow my guests to introduce herself while I sit there and do a woosah. <laughs>
0: Well, this is this is a judgment free zone, Jay. So by it all is. means, whatever said was ever said, by all no means, I'm not I'm not coming against you for it. Um, I'm Sophia you. Darling. I am a sex educator slash kink specialist. Um, I've been in and out of this game for going on nine years, mm. um, but I've been a member of the kink BDSM community for about eleven years. Okay.
1: Okay. Now. I, I do get confused with some some of my friends who who don't listen to my podcast and and say, "Oh, well, you have a sex podcast." Well, I mean, I do now with parents <laughs> after midnight, but you okay. know, this is generally not a sex podcast. But we're not afraid to talk about sex. We're not afraid to talk about yeah. different things because we are trying to change the narrative to change the perspective. And I got a and I got a perspective that I I may need changing, and and this is why you're here. But before we get started with all that. I like to do like a little bit of icebreaker. It's more so for me yeah. than you, but I like to okay. do a little bit of an icebreaker. And I, I've been doing lately these top fives that I'm, I'm really loving. So I had so many things to choose from with you with, with, with the top five to see what's your top five things. But it just came to me as we, you were getting ready for, for the show. And I wanted to ask you this. You are a twin. I am. So what are the top five things you like best about being a twin?
0: So for me, top five things about being a twin is you always have a best friend, hmm. which is pretty cool. Not all twins were raised to be friendly with each other, but we were. So we were definitely best friends. Um, you always have someone to uh, more identical. So my mother, I don't think she could tell us apart as well as she said she would. So... Um, <laughs> I, if I didn't want to do something, I would look at her and be like rock, paper, scissors. And then she would go and answer my mother for me. So, uh, pulling one over on the parents, nice. um, tr- 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 pranks is yeah. always fun. Prankful. We've only swapped places in school twice. Uh, but we did swap places at her job for April fool's day. And that was pretty fun. <laughs> um, Uh, Having someone to like go and share clothes in a closet with, which is different than a sibling, because sometimes there's a size-weight difference, but we're pretty even, so that works out really well. Um, And then we tend to sync up in terms of the things that we enjoy, like eating and stuff like that. And we always share, so for the people who like don't like to eat off people's plates we never have a problem like just take my burger she did it last night took my burger <laughs> off my plate and took a bite out of it so
1: yo that's great <laughs> hey, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest with y'all i i just came up with this shit like um like three minutes ago and <laughs> and, and, and Sophie just ran off that list just like that pow 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 Jeez, you're so good
0: you hear Sometimes. it all the time. Like I, I, I get asked some really interesting twin questions. I think people get kind of confused on how twins happen. Um, I've been asked if I've got if we have the same daddy before, and um, wow. get, yeah, yeah, people get kind of confused. <laughs> What's happening? Like I don't understand. I don't. I don't I understand why people would just think it through in their head first before they say it out loud. Please. Um, oh man,
1: that's crazy. That yeah. is hilarious. Okay, that that definitely ice broke ice broken. It I is broken. Broke it all. <laughs> ice is broken. Um okay, so Let's get into a little bit about what you do as, as you say that you, you've been in the game uh, on and off for uh, nine years, sex educator and kink specialist. Tell me a little bit how, on how you got into the, the whole sex educator kink specialist field.
0: So I started off with sex education before, um, probably somewhere before like 2007, 2008. I've always had an interest in like sex and wh- I'm more curious about why people like what they like um, I'm curious on whether or not it's something that is naturally invested in them or if it's something that they become exposed to and then they kind of obsess over it in a way which is where you get into like fetishes and stuff like that um, I had a job at a retail, an adult retail store in 2009 and me being the person that I am um, I got assigned the kink BDSM section to have to take care of, so I had to merchandise and make sure things were clean and wipe things down. And me being the person that I am, I just could not work in this section and not know everything about it. I wanted to right. be like an A plus employee, so I started diving in and Google searching and reading books and stuff like that. And um, over time, having different kink BDSM experiences in order to in in uh for science. For science.
1: For science. <laughs> science, of course. Of course.
0: You know, always for science. Yeah. And then just fell in love with the practice of it all that it's a really beautiful way to be able to express yourself sexually, intimately. Um, and there's a lovely amount of like personal autonomy that comes from kink and BDSM where you, um, get to talk to other people and advocate for what you want and what mm. you like versus having it impressed you know, pushed upon you by other people.
1: Mm. I like that. We're gonna get back to that in a second. Cause um I you know, it's definitely in the in, in a conversation that we're gonna have a little later, you know, it's that's one of the things that, you know, you, you kinda of have in your head, people pushing their own individual values and beliefs onto you and it's just not right. I don't I don't True. get it. But but you know, people, you know, think in this this tunnel vision, this, in this little box and they don't wanna think outside of it. But that's very interesting. So
0: And that's no fault of, of their own where where we all have been taught and encouraged uh-huh. to be to aspire to be like everyone else right. to wear what everyone else is wearing to think how everyone else is thinking so people kind of get caught up in the hype of fitting into a box because they think that that's what they're supposed to do
1: right you're right when you're right you're right mm-hmm. so you also in addition to sex educating or a kink specialist mm-hmm. so you kind of you kind of broke that down on how you became a kink specialist like working in that store but what exactly does it entail to be a kink specialist?
0: So, for me, with being a kink specialist, I I spent a lot of time learning, researching, experiencing hands-on, observing other people, and um, doing my best to be to understand the world that is kink because it is its yeah. own unique uh, micro, you know. Um, like its own world, its own universe of what yeah. happens. Um, kink, despite from the outside, it looks chaotic, but it's a very organized chaos mm. in terms of what happens, what takes place. There's rules, there's protocols, there's there's pillars, there's standards of behavior, there's uh titles and roles and things like that. So as a specialist, I really pride myself at being able to help people kind of navigate the world and understand how it works, so that they're less likely to uh make any sort of like detrimental hip- hiccups while making their way through it.
1: And that's good. That's good. We we all need a guy. That's why you're here. You're about to guide me on some on some shit. So that that makes a lot of sense and and people always have these um underlying or or you know it's like you say you, you don't want to f- we we've been trained to fit into a, a certain standard and everything but people have the, their certain preferences whether they're open about it or whether they're secretive about it which brings me to this question because as a researcher I you know I'm, I, be, I i I I might have been on your your Instagram um stalking it but, <laughs> wish they can follow you at Sex Positive Sophia. Sex
0: right? Positive Sophia, that's correct.
1: Damn, nailed it. Mm, <laughs> hell yeah. All right, so. Two
0: gold stars, good job. I, was like, I, I, love, I love the stars.
1: I love the stars. So, um, so when I was looking through it, saw, I saw something where, where you, you were highlighting different sexual attractions. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no kink shaming here, but it was very interesting as I read some of those and was like, that's for me <laughs> so i i guess i guess tell me about maybe like some of the maybe like a top two or three that comes to mind in your mind on what may be maybe the most rare or unusual that people wouldn't think that's a that's something that be sexually attracted to
0: sure so on my instagram i specifically highlight different fetishes so mm-hmm. i guess a little bit of uh definition a uh, fetish is something that That excites you sexually that you need in order to be able to achieve an orgasm Mm -hmm. versus a kink is something that you enjoy that arouses you sexually, but you don't necessarily need it. So um, foot fetish is a very popular, very socially acceptable one. Mm -hmm. So someone who has a kink for feet is someone who likes to see feet. They like to touch them. They like to admire them, but they don't need them in the bedroom. It's just fun. And then someone who has a foot fetish, that would be someone who needs to be, have feet present when they're engaging in sexual activity, whether they're looking at it or there's a foot in their mouth or, you know, they're touching or stroking someone's feet in a To be able to achieve that orgasm, um, there's I I wish a lot of them are like broken down between like Latin words, so I I don't want to butcher the uh pronunciations off the top of my head, but one of the ones that get the most attention are um, there's um, a fetish for people who like to watch themselves have sex in mirrors, yeah, but mind you, this sex doesn't have to be with a partner, it could be by themselves. Mm. so they like to either watch themselves be able to pleasure themselves or watch others or watch themselves being pleasured in a mirror
1: that's why the, those cheap hotel rooms have the mirrors on top uh, not that I've yeah, been there or anything they're, like, they're like that I'm just rooms, I, I saw um, it in the movie lot, a
0: lot of i've i visited a friend who I'm pretty sure his home was built in the 70s because you mm-hmm. go into his bedroom and there's a waterbed. There's a jacuzzi and a shower and there's a stripper pole in the jacuzzi Whoa. With a, and the whole bathroom is mirrors. It's this wow. beautiful house that's I think probably dates back to like the 1930s. But it looks like they did a modification to this particular bedroom to make it like the love den. And, it definitely, and I can tell it's kind of 70s from the, the, the decor and stuff like that, that they just never bothered to change. But people are into watching themselves and they're into having other people watch them too. Wow. Um, another one is um, people who have a giantess fetish where they like to pretend or role play or imagine someone who's giant, like a large size, crushing them, eating them, or um squeezing them and like yelling at them and being like you small puny little human blah 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 like that
1: sort what? of it. wow wow like, kinda... to
0: the Giant Peach
1: yeah I was I was like no no,
0: no, I, no more I, like Jack and the Beanstalk I correct it, myself
1: So, mm-hmm. oh, wow those are interesting all right again <laughs> again no no shaming hey I, I however okay. however you choose to get off with, with your, whatever you need hey it's, I, I don't have any problems with that.
0: I think the cringiest one is uh people who like to have bugs on them. People who get off on the idea of little critters crawling and nibbling and biting and sometimes poisoning them and stuff like that. Some and people that... do it reenacted in real life and some people just pretend.
1: Okay, that that one might be it. The pretend, I, you know. Depending on how I'm feeling. I might get with that. I don't. I don't know if I get with the real stuff. So that might be a little bit outside of my my range of comfort. But to <laughs> each his own.
0: <laughs> I can understand that.
1: Yeah. Um. So I want to talk a little bit about your TikTok because sure. you are blowing up on TikTok, and like I said, I'm a researcher. I research things. I was all on your. For I may or may not have been yeah, for science. <laughs> for science. So I may have been on your TikTok, and one of the things that I saw. Like, the, like one, one of the very first videos is, is that you, you know, had to convince yourself like, okay, you know, I, I'm, get, I'm getting over my fears. If I start doing these TikTok videos like, you know, he, here it comes. And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. This, I want to kind of ask you this question because as a person who has yet to uh, really get consistent with my TikToks. I just had a friend yell at me yesterday. You hadn't posted a TikTok since January 31st. I'm like, Jesus. Counting. but uh as as i'm as i'm getting ready to try to embark on that for some reason tiktok is a little nerve-wracking to me i'm a little nervous about it and, I, and when i saw that i could relate so what pushed you to decide okay you know what i'm doing this content and now you got you know all these thousands of followers who are, who are waiting for tiktoks for you from you know any chance that, that you post them
0: So for me, um, TikTok actually started as a quarantine project. I, um, at my previous job, um, I worked at an adult store and we got a chance as sex educators to be able to present and teach classes once a month, twice a month if we felt so um ambitious to and i missed being able to teach at an audience. I saw a few people popping up and teaching things on TikTok and i also wanted to add to the narrative. I wanted to be able to provide a lot of people who have TikToks accounts involving we call it kink talk. Um, mm-hmm. involving kinky content are tend to be offering opinions, but I was trying to offer more of things from a factual basis, something more of a textbook definition in a sense, right. so that people had more concrete information to build off of and um, no one else was doing it. And I saw an opportunity. So I went ahead and got started. Um, my most popular thing is my ABC series of kink. Yeah. So it starts all the way with the first word A for aftercare. And I think I recently left off at um, K, which was for the kink fetish uh, definition.
1: Oh yeah, I I I watched that series, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited for, to see how that progresses towards the end. I'm, so I'm
0: filming the next one today. It's so sneak preview for you. It's L for Limits. We'll be breaking down the limits of kink and BDSM. All right, I'm,
1: all right, I will be watching since, since I now follow you on uh, <laughs> on TikTok. Yeah, all right. So um, that's that's but that that is that is good kink talk. That's mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going to have to. It's, just... it's
0: tricky though because. The one thing, so I think also another thing that is tricky about TikTok is there's, uh, like, these, like, bots moderators. And mm-hmm. so there are certain buzzwords that we have to be careful not to use. So you'll notice often on TikTok, people will spell sex, S-E-G-G-S, mm-hmm. or they'll spell kink K with a exclamation point mm-hmm. instead of an I um, as a way, or kink Q-U, I-I. Q U I N K as a way of being able to navigate around to send the information, but not necessarily get your whole account taken away or yeah. to have them mute your audio. So that yeah. might be why you have a hard time that you don't feel as free to express yourself.
1: Uh, true. True. I, I think, I think a lot of times between, between that and Instagram, you you know, you just can't just post, can't get go searching for what you want, want to search for. You kind of got to navigate the waters and, and look for that, that, those different spellings and how people are presenting the information. I think it's been the main um, issue with trying to navigate the waters with parents after midnight, as you know, being a a guest on parents after midnight. (laughs) So kind of want to get into the speaking of parents after midnight, we met uh, on that show and then you got me to really kind of thinking about how I am and who I am as a person. But, you know, so we, I was just listening back to this episode like today and, you know, we got into talking about, you know, you know solo poly and 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 I'm, I'm navigating the water trying to figure that out like is that really for me cuz I was excited when you told me about it so um uh, for these listeners can you break down what actually is solo poly
0: Absolutely Solo poly
1: am sorry solo poly am
0: I think yes. solo poly can stick, but solo poly Am is also a very respectable alternative. Okay. So for solo poly or soli- solo solo Am, it is when a single person chooses to engage in other consensual relationships. Those relationships can either be intimate; they can be sexual, or they can be sexual, um, or and it is preferred that they are engaging in these relationships with other solo poly or polyamorous people.
1: Now the moment you said that on on parents after midnight, I was like, I found my people. Cause that, Mm -hmm. that sounds like exactly something that I, that I, I want. Um, but as I was doing it, couple of days afterwards, I'm doing the exploration, doing the research. I'm like, you know, it's this something for me. I can't just jump into something just like because it sounds good after one thing. So I'm looking and researching I'm talking to some of my friends. And they're, just, they're just looking at me. It's like, really, really? like. So how, how is it different from being a player, Jared? I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a player. I'm just I, I'm I'm interested in this thing. So tell tell me how I can tell people how, how is this different from just being a player?
0: I love that you asked that question because there's a very fine difference between being a player, being a cheater, and being solo poly. Mm. So the main thing is the consent, that the average player, the average cheater is engaging in different relationships with other people, but the other people aren't on the end on what's going on and what's happening. They don't know that they are sharing their time, their space, a body of another person with someone else else, that they think that, that it's just them and just them alone. So for solo polyamory, it is about consensually being trans consent and being transparent with your other partners and saying, just so you know, you're not the only one. Um, I'm engaging in this, that, or the other with this other person, that other person. And um, I want to make sure that you're okay with being on board with what I'm doing, which is why it's often preferred that you don't do it with just regular single people, Mm. because you do need to have a certain, um, I call it a poly, a poly curiosity, a poly mindset, if you would, um, of understanding what it means to, Ethically share your time, your space, and a relationship with another person. You
1: know, I like that. I like I like that answer. So yeah. I gotta memorize that answer. So if if it's <laughs> the route that I choose to go down, this this is how I'm gonna explain it because I'm telling you, I was getting like roasted. Like what, what do you mean? Like, I just, can I be open? Can I can I learn different things? So tell me a little bit. So everything has pros and cons, right? Mm-hmm. What are the pros and cons of of solo politics?
0: One of the pros, especially of solo poly, is it allows you to be able to have your needs fulfilled by other people. Um, It's often explained in especially married relationships where they're committed to this person, you know, under God to be able to... um, be with each other until the end of times. But then they say, oh, well, you know, um, I married someone, but we're kind of opposites. Um, He likes to stay in, I like to go out. Um, He enjoys this and I enjoy that. Um, in, In the bedroom, this person enjoys this thing, but I don't, I prefer more of this. So solo polyamory allows you to be able to explore having your needs fulfilled by other people and vice versa, for them to be able to seek something in you. Um, solo polyamory also allows someone, I believe, to open themselves up um, culturally ex- and in ex- different experiences of yeah. uh, being able to see other people and how they live and how they love. Um, I think it's a really great way to kind of help break down some of the stigmas that I think we have in. Um, um, in our in our western society where everyone is just kind of clueless about how other people live their lives. Um, so a lot of people to have like a little sneak preview which is pretty cool. Yeah. um if we're going to go down cons, cons are it is time consuming. It's it's mm. a lot it is a lot more work than maintaining a relationship with one particular person. It requires a lot of scheduling, it requires a lot of conversations about um um Conversations with other people in terms of working through any sort of traumas, demons um, and communicating with each other. So if you're not someone who's really big on literally having like a weekly, biweekly meet up with people and saying, hey, you know, let's talk about our feelings. That's probably not for you. And another con, which is often a misconception, is this is not your answer to cheating. This is not your answer to being a cheater and things like that. If you're a cheater, cheating require it usually means that you're someone who, who purposefully goes out and seeks other relationships behind other people's backs and that can be very damaging for those other people so you actually need to do some work do some introspective like conversations with yourself maybe even seek some sort of therapy as a way of figuring out why you're making those choices
1: see i love how you break stuff down man (laughs) like you know what you, you a real one. You Thank are you. a real one. I love Thank it. You. <laughs> Thank you.
0: All right. So can I ask you a question back? Yeah, sure. So sure. what made you, so what, what clicked in your head and made you think that Solo poly was something that you wanted to do?
1: Um,
0: what appeals to it to you?
1: What I think what appeals to it to, um, uh, for me, well, you know, what? hold on. Let me take a break first, okay? And when we and we come back from break, we're gonna really get into the the meat and potatoes of, of why you're here, and we're gonna talk about me, and we're gonna start off with that question when we get back All from right. break. It's about damn time. All right, we are back. It's about damn time. I'm here with um, Safia Darling, and she is a sex educator and a kink specialist. And more importantly, she is a friend that's <laughs> going to help me get my life together. Because before before we left for break, she asked me a, a very good question that I wanted to get into more in depth on this side of the conversation. So I'm going to flip the tables. We're going to start kind of talking about me and in you know, my preferences and what I like. So, Sophie, you did ask me um, before a break what appeals to me as far as um, you know solo poly, and, and why why am I so curious about thinking that this might be something for me. Great question. So going back, kind of looking at myself, I'm formerly married. Um I was, you know, we was together for like seemed to seem to be together on and off for about 10 years, but you know, okay. we were like married for like five. Right. Um since then, well even 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 before then, I was always that type to want to help people. I always had like a lot of a lot of friends generally my friends Mm -hmm. are, are, are women. Um, and so it, it felt like I was always in a role where I'm just kind of just talking to people where maybe, um, uh, you know, my primary partner was like, I'm here. I'm like right here. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're here. And I love this about you, but this person gives me this in, you know, as far as how intimacy and even if it's not like, even if it's not like something physical or like something cheating, it's just, hey, I get this from this person. I get this passion of this entrepreneurship here and I can discuss things here. This person, we can sit there and talk about movies and we can sit there and connect on a level here. So I just, I've just, i always had these connections with people that, that are unique that I just had like a bond with them. And I tried, and it, and it, it didn't feel like something that was, okay, I like this person more than I like this person. I like them equally for different reasons. And so when, when um, the the term got even uh, approached to me, which is funny, and this is why I think it's it's something, something in the water, so to speak, because prior to our our recording, the night before, I was recording for another podcast, and that term came up, and that's when I first heard it. So I heard it like a day before we talked about it, and and during my research, I saw these these little different things. And so to kind of answer your question, this is some of the stuff that I thought looking at solo poly, why it might apply to me. And it says science, science, it may be for you. You, uh, solo poly might be for you if you think of yourself as your primary commitment. And you know, lately I have been trying to think about that as I, as I work to try to carve out my space in, a, in, in for digital content and things of that nature. Um, you don't have a desire to marry, live with a partner, or reach other stages of a relationship escalator. And I don't. Like, I, I did the whole marry thing. I did the whole live together thing. That was cool. I I, yeah. I love when people come visit, but I also appreciate my own space.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think for people who don't know what the love escalator is, it's uh we joke and say it's like the storybook rhyme. It's the love, the marriage, the baby carriage mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, like, being with someone, committing with someone, um, pursuing a, a marriage and engagement, and pursuing having children at the two point five picket fence—that sort of uh, idea of the escalator. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and I mean, I I I love my kids. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a desire for it anymore, <laughs> and and I just I at this point in time, mm-hmm. I don't have a desire to be married. I just don't, you know, at this point, and that, it could change, but at this point, no let's um, what's the third one uh, you, per- you prefer to focus on your own personal growth hobbies and career over more a- mental health rather than a romantic relationship and <laughs> lord knows that's what I want to focus on I want to focus on my hobbies I want to go I want to go to see Batman hey. at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> I want to go I want to work on my personal growth as a digital content creator I, I-, yeah. I damn sure want to work on my mental health because that-, that has not always been the greatest thing for me and so you know taking someone to dinner at this romantic thing or rose petals or uh, any other stuff just i'm just uh okay and the last one you consider your friendships to be just as important Mm. as your romantic relationships and i got into a lot of problems and a lot of trouble Mm. because of that last one i think that last one was the one i was like Mm. oh shit (laughs) this this might be it because like was like I just said earlier it's it's not it's not so much so that I that i i put other people ahead of my primary it's just that they mm-hmm. all gave me different things to make me a more complete jared so I hope to answer your question that that's for me is is why I start kind of looking at this so what do you think about
0: everything that you said I, I think so i think for some other people like someone like you said some of your friends and things like that they interpret some of the things you said like putting yourself first putting your business first putting your hobbies first uh not wanting to necessarily have to be overthinking in terms of romantic relationships they might consider those things to be like selfish they might consider them to be very um mm-hmm. selfish um Qualities to have. But we live in a world where we're not required to be married with someone, to be committed to someone. We can certainly put ourselves first in a way that I actually think people need to embrace doing more of. That sometimes we end up caught up in mm-hmm. relationships that just aren't suiting us. But because we've made a particular mm-hmm. commitment in the, in the world of marriage, we can't find away the time, the energy to be able to say, I'm lost in this relationship with you and I've lost sight of who I am. Um, And I think solo poly allows people to be able to retain some of that personal autonomy while still giving out the loving energies and the good times that they want to offer to other people without having to not put themselves first.
1: Girl, you just said that <laughs> I'm, I'm damn near teary at because because I'm, I'm I'm telling you, no, it hit on so many different levels for me because I have always been a people pleaser. I've always been that person that always wants to do for everything, every, every everybody else. And so, you know, people that know me, people that are close to me, my close friends, they always say, Jared, you gotta start putting yourself first. You gotta start being a little bit more selfish. So you you know, and that's so hard for me. But then I, I get to. This, this place where I'm, I'm, all right, it's solo poly, something for me. And the first thing out, out, of, a, out of a lot of people's mouths who, who I talk to was like, that's kind of selfish.
0: But you just true, told me true. to be selfish. Like, <laughs> which one is it? Which one is it? I, I feel like it's only selfish if you are in a relationship with another person who doesn't see those values to be equally important, which is why I said, ideally, you would engage in other relationships with other solo poly people because they will have those same ideals. They will put the same emphasis on saying, you know, I need some me time. You need some you time. We can hang out together for a few hours, but not become like codependent where we need to be like Velcro stuck to each other all day long um i think that when it comes to solo polyamory especially for people who are younger it allows us to be able to achieve and establish a certain level of foundation for ourselves before trying to give over to other people, that people sometimes get married really young. And even though I understand for some people it works, they get married young, they love each other, they stay with each other until they're old in the rocking chairs. But sometimes we choose to be married Um, at a particular age where we don't really know ourselves. For some people, you grow into each other and you grow at the same pace. But for some people, you realize that as you grow, you're growing in different directions, which is why it's not uncommon for married couples to Start entertaining the idea of being polyamorous or being swingers or being ethical, non-monogamous later into their marriage, because they recognize in each other that we need a little bit more and maybe spending time with other Mm -hmm. people will allow us to be able to do what we need to do and still be able to come back to each other.
1: Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think that point that you make about, about commitment is, is, is so important because, um, you know, and and not not just with, with with my marriage, which I'm I'm like best friends with, with my with my ex. <laughs> we just had lunch together today, <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's not just my marriage. Like any any point in time, I've I've been in a relationship, and you know, after some certain time, I felt like it's it's not you know mm-hmm. giving what it should be giving, um, so to speak. You know, I. I, there was a, a a sense of obligation to stay committed because I was mm-hmm. this person was happy. I made you know may, maybe I and for me I was like well maybe I just don't really know what I want because I I'm, I never really try to figure out what I want so maybe this is what I want. And I'm just I'm just and, and I was trying to almost feel like put a mm-hmm. uh, a square peg in a round hole. It just wouldn't it wasn't necessarily fitting. So the, the the that commitment issue that commitment piece I I want to say. I, I, it's really important in that like for me though um
0: you mm-hmm.
1: know i'm a little older so
0: oh wow i'm almost 42 very nice so it's
1: thank you <laughs> girl okay <laughs> all right i'm about to come see you anyway so when <laughs> no but when uh i'm almost 42 so for me it feels like this is r- uh, almost like a little harder because I've I had all these prior relationships that I, I've established, and now is you know going to looking at this. If I'm going to be fully involved in this, it feels like it's mm-hmm. it's a lot to take in for for my peers, for my loved ones, um, even for myself because how do you? I don't know how to navigate those waters, which I'm going to ask you about um later on. Um, I did want to okay read some stuff that I wrote down so. 90 minutes prior mm-hmm. to me, uh, us recording, I was kind of mm-hmm. pacing, because I pace a lot, <laughs> and I was going back and forth, trying to think, mm-hmm. what exactly do I want? Because I felt like, eventually, in this conversation, you might ask that question, and then I'm like, shit, because I never know what I want. So I was like, all right, let me take some time to really figure out what I want. So I paced around, and I wrote some stuff down in my notes. Let's hear it. <sighs> Here we go. So, um, I, I, I don't want to be defined about uh, about who, I, who I'm in a relationship with. I want to be okay. defined about who I am individually. Um, I like being in my own space and inviting people mm-hmm. over to that space when I want to. I don't, I'm not interested mm-hmm. in any uh, cohabitation. At this time, like I said earlier, I don't have any desire to marry or mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want any additional kids. Um, again, subject to change, but this is how I'm feeling at the time. Um, I do value my relationships with people because one of um, because each of them are unique, uh, just like I said. But I I don't wish to completely alter uh, these established mm-hmm. relationships just because I'm with someone. I can slightly modify. I can I, I can make modifications, but completely altering just turns me off in that in regard. Um, I don't. And here's the part. Here's the last two parts I want to I want to highlight because it's like I said earlier. Most people think. Solo poly, they think, mm-hmm. oh, you just trying to fuck. You just want, you just want to just fuck everybody who you want to fuck. I don't necessarily desire mm-hmm. multiple sexual partners, Mo- more so than anything. I just want the option to do so if, if it's you know, if, if that's appealing to me. But when, it, but when it does come to physical intimacy, um, I want to do it with people that I'm most comfortable with. that respect my life's choices. They respect my preferences. They do not attempt to push their beliefs on me. So mm-hmm. I told you their beliefs thing is going to come back on because for 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 me if i'm if i'm putting out up front hey this is what i want or this is what i like and you know and perfect example Mm -hmm. it's on a dating app right i'm putting you know i'm just trying to have a conversation and see what happens um now most people when they're on that dating app because most people are um most ladies that i have interacted with i don't mean i say that cuz i don't want to generalize most ladies that i have interacted with they are monogamy okay. driven and they've seen a lot of lot of shit on dating apps cuz it'd be a lot of people yeah. doing some fuck shit True. on dating apps fine i get it i get it so <laughs> so so when they see just i just have a conversation and see where it goes it's like oh, he don't want no commitment, he just trying to fuck, you know, blah, blah, blah. They ain't the case, but if that's how you feel, him, go ahead, go pass. It's fine. It's the individuals that see that and then reach out to me mm-hmm. and say, well, this this is what I want. I'm like, okay, but you see what I laid out mm-hmm. here, I, I just want to have a conversation. So try trying to reiterate things like, hey, I'm just, I, it's not even a matter of me having, having sex, yeah. you could end up just being the best of friends. You know? You know, so it's it's not even it's 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 like a way of meeting people and seeing what happens from there, and uh, uh, so many times I've had people try to push their perspective and their beliefs on me, like, well, no, you know, you or this person, you should be wanting to do this, you should be wanting to do that, and it turns me off. I don't, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even want to continue the conversation anymore because, hell, I'm, I'm, I'm. i've been removed from Mm -hmm. from his marriage for quite some time but i but but i i have never i haven't really gave enough effort to myself to figure out exactly what i want
0: so yeah, you're not looking to enter and a relationship um a situation with someone else and be put in a box off jump like you don't how are you going to tell me who I am and what I am and what I should be? Now, mind you, for whoever the young lady is, I'm sure there's someone for her who would have no problem syncing mm-hmm. up and saying, I'll jump into that box or I already live in that space. But for you, it doesn't sound like that that's something that appeals yeah. to you, that you would just subsequently become resentful towards that particular person because they decided that they right. were like, oh, I've already right. made a decision for you or i'm allowing the society of what they say a man should be may influence my decision on what you Mm -hmm. should be doing i think Mm -hmm. i
1: think you hit the nail around the head i think it's a society thing where okay this a man should do this a man should do that woman should do this a woman should I, I, i i i'm always the type of person that i mean you're going to have some sort of general's establishing mm-hmm. your head to a certain degree. You know, you never you're never gonna be hundred mm-hmm. percent gender role free. But I I'm but I am not yeah. it's my percentage is pretty low because I don't I don't subscribe to gender roles like that. So I don't so when most people talk to me in, in terms of, well, you know, I don't know why men be doing this and I don't know why women be doing this and blah blah. I don't know why these individuals mm-hmm. do these things, but that individual yeah. did that, not me. I just have I just happen to say have the same genitalia and, and identify mm-hmm. the, as the same genital. And
0: and I That's think on uh, doubling back to what you were saying about certain people fulfilling certain things for you and wanting to not necessarily have a bunch of different sexual partners. Um, I, I completely at, relate to that. I've I've in the past have had a partner who was literally just a cuddle buddy that we would talk and we would mm-hmm. we would get together. Um Monthly, every couple of times, maybe twice a month. And we would literally just lay and hold each other, watch a Disney movie, stuff like that. That there wasn't, there was a sexual vibe between us, but there wasn't any actual sexual interaction yeah. between us. That for us it was just that physical touch that we wanted to fulfill in each other. Um, I've had partners who were just sexual, that that we had a very great connection. Um, I've even had partners who were online only, and. We would kind of get in like uh, sexting conversations, exploring some of our darker, more taboo kinks and things like that. That there is someone for the things that you like to do. And I almost feel like asking that out of one person is a lot to ask of them. To ask someone to um, be your lover, your entertainer, your, uh, your chef, your this, the, that, or whatever. There are people who are willing to step up and say, I'm willing to do all those things for you. But, but sometimes you end up having people doing it from a codependency thing where they want to do them for mm. you because they don't want to do anything without you. And then you have... And then you have the days where you're yes. like, okay, I'm gonna go hang out with my guys, I'm gonna go and grab a meal with a coworker, And they're like, but wait, what about me? Take me with you. I want to be there too. Why can't I come? And it's like, well, I, I enjoy spending time with you, but I need time to um, grow and nurture other relationships outside of you. Um, and sometimes they get very sad about it. Mm-hmm. And then you become resentful, because you're spending all your time with this one particular person, and you don't get to be as social as you wouldn't have liked to have been um so so poly solo polyamory allows you or even polyamory relationships allow you to be able to explore those different um personal avenues in terms of friendships things like that
1: i i like that That, and you're right like i i i have been i have felt times where i you know I, I can't really hang out with um with my friends because i know um, you know, you gonna want to hang out with me, or I just kind of not like I'm trying to do some shady shit. I'm just trying to just the I have friends and and I have different. We have different ways to communicate when we're by ourselves versus where we, we're in a mixed group, yeah. and we're just trying to have that vibe session. And I, I like I like that that you have those those different. Um, intimate relationships you know and and it is in in different ways whether it's okay. digitally whether it's just cuddled where where it's just straight having sex yep. and yeah i can i can i can relate to that i can feel that there even there everything isn't just sex now granted mm-hmm. i do enjoy sex yeah but everything isn't just sex because it's about so, int-
0: like we keep uh, the, the definition right, I, that keeps um popping up when it comes to polyamory and um polyandry and um, um, solo poly and everything else is intimacy. That intimacy does not necessarily mean right. that someone is having sex with someone else. It just means that you're sharing private time with them that's unique to something that you two do. So for example, my twin sister, who we spoke of earlier, she's also polyamorous, which I also find very, very, very cute and unique. And her ideal partner is uh, she likes two different types of people. She likes someone who's a little bit more uh, masculine presenting, someone who does play that more traditional role in terms of like um, opening doors and fixing things and um, things like that. But then she has this other partner, hypothetically, in her mind who would dress up and go to Disney with her and do coloring books and things like that, which traditionally someone who's a more masculine energy isn't looking to dress up in hot pink and go run around Disney World and go color coloring books, <laughs> but she needs to be able to express right. herself um however, however she sees fit and be able to do that through two different partners. Um, she also has a more um, BDSM kinky side of herself that she would like to she would like to be able to express. and we can't push our kinks on other people just because you like I'm trying to pick something that's right. not too graphic. Um, uh, just because you might like to, put someone on a collar and a leash and walk them uh, around the living room does not mean your partner has to subject themselves to something that they might consider that to be degrading. They might consider that to be some sort of um, disrespect objectification or something like that. So it allows you to be able to
1: um,
0: explore yourself and have some fun in a way that's not disrespectful to other people.
1: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense it is you know um have this conversation with you and, and talking all this out and, and writing things down um I, I guess I'm kind of feeling like I okay. you know, maybe I am solo poly so um so um it's it's weird because I, I almost <laughs> want to be like so what do you think but I mean I guess it's my decision I mean it's my choice <laughs> but it, I, it does sound that way based upon everything we talked about mm-hmm. what solo poly is and, um, and again, it's, it's, it's not a matter of putting myself into a box. Like now I am solo poly. So here are the parameters on how I, I govern life. I mean,
0: actually, you know, you're, you're correct in what you're saying that by saying I am Jared and I am solo poly, poly here are my boundaries here are the things that I'm willing to do, the things that I won't do. Um, here are the things that I find near and dear. And here are the things that are non-negotiable in my life. And you present them to someone and either they say, i fucked with that. Or they'll say, yeah, no, that's not for me. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then you move on. Because the point is to be able to be as, but mind you, those things are allowed to change and grow and go on and off your list. But the point is to be able to present your authentic self to someone and then allow them to make that decision if you're someone that, that enhances their life. To be able to have you as a part of it, so I would I would say, I would say the opposite. Make the list of what you want, what you're looking for, um, the things that you care the most about, um, and then you also might need to, like you were saying, have a conversation and almost come out to your friends and say, hey y'all, just so you know, I'm going mm-hmm. through um, I'm going through exploring po- polyamory as a solo poly person, um. This is what this may look like to me. So while I'm talking to you and engaging you, you might see me out and about at Starbucks you know, on Fifth Street with some girl at 5 p.m. And you might see me back at the same Starbucks the next day with another girl. And I just need you to um, respect the process that I'm going through and trust that I'm not yeah. – girl from Tuesday does, is not unaware of girl from Wednesday that I am being honest and transparent with everyone about what I'm doing. So that way, like your friends don't show up and be like, Jared, what you doing? And like, they don't blow up the spot. You want to make sure they're (laughs) abreast of what's going on. You clearly don't have to tell everyone. You would just tell the people who are closest in your circle. um, And then you would do the same for the partners. I always ask people because you do have to be very specific. Sometimes I say, Is there anyone in your life that, if they were to see me out and about with you holding hands or see me pop up on social media in a photograph with you, would they feel sad, upset, or disappointed by seeing that? And the answer should be no, because those other people know that Mm. you exist in my life. So seeing you out and about Mm -hmm. an existence in the world is not something that they would be offended by. And if they do say, yes, well, you know, I've got this, you know, one guy who lives in my building and we hook up and every so often he pays my rent or something. Cause that happens. I actually just had this conversation yesterday with someone Mm -hmm. that happens. Um, And then I guess the um, guy from the other building got sad because he saw her out and about with someone. And I was like, that's, that's why we have to be transparent. Mm. Even if we think it's going to hurt someone, people would much rather be given the benefit of a doubt to process the truth than to have to make assumptions about deception and what is a, a, a mission by truth, which essentially is a lie.
1: Mm. Yeah. i I'm, I'm... I'm quick to do the, the omission by truth, so I, I gotta,
0: <laughs> I gotta step that
1: up. And I and and I guess to your point, like yeah, this, you know, it's it's setting all this up. I like what you said about the fact that no, set your parameters. Talk about, talk about what you like and and talk about what you want and what you will do and what you won't do, and go from there. And and then announce to your friends. That it's more, more like a, <laughs> almost like a coming out thing. Oh, here. Here's who I am now. Here's what I'm exploring. So that makes a lot of sense because I was going to get into asking you how do I maneuver um, this if, if this is something that I feel like that I'm doing. And and I think those are great building blocks to start because, um, yeah, I feel I I did feel really empowered after I, I sat set out and wrote these things down about you know this is this is the things that I like. I felt like okay, I think it's the first time in a long time I've written things out for me to be like. Mm-hmm. here's what i want this is what this is what i am thinking regardless of anybody mm-hmm. else and anybody else's feelings so that and so and basically this podcast episode is going to be to <laughs> me announcing the come out so i you know hope they're listening um yeah i'll, I'll share more you never, t- like, but... even like
0: you were saying you're not uh, the, some of the things that you listed is you're not looking mm-hmm. to cohabitate there are plenty of young women out there who uh, who like the idea of having their own space. They like the idea of being able to, you know, play sleepover. And go to someone's house a couple of nights a week but then they want to go home and they want to recharge in their own bedroom and their own bed with their own air conditioning mm. you know uh settings um and things like that because mm. sometimes, like yes, yes. sometimes people like it hot people like it cold yes. like you know um there are plenty of people out there who say i like the idea of sleeping with you but just so you know i don't want to have children and then you have those conversations and things mm. like that there are plenty of people out there who say All right, you're an entrepreneur. You're trying to explore your life and be, you know, a social media influencer and things like that. I fucks with that. I'm either doing the same thing or I'm not doing the same thing, but I respect your hustle. I respect what you're doing. Versus, you know, uh, some people might say, that's not a stable enough job. I don't like that idea. I want someone who has like a degree and they went to Harvard and, you know, now they're a doctor or something. So it just allows you to be able, by staying firm on those boundaries it allows you to be able to um, wean out and just, just swipe left on the people and who would not be the best fit for you because you're not looking to change where you live, how you live, how many kids you have, and your your choice of your occupation at the expense of making someone else comfortable. It sounds like that that's already something you've done before in the past and that's not working well for you. So. Go forth and try your new version of you. And worst case scenario, it'll just be a fun story. You can tell people later. I tried that solo poly thing and it wasn't for me. Um, or it'll end up opening up your world to something that you're really, really going to embrace. You know
1: what? <laughs> you, you made me feel a lot better about it. See, I the 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 nervous energy that I had prior to starting, mm-hmm. it, it has it has dissipated. I am calm. <laughs> I am I am the ocean. I am <laughs> No, but this is this is great, and, and and you did kind of answer the question that I was going to ask about, um, you know, how do you, how do you go around tr- trying to find people who are accepting of that? And, um, I guess it starts off if if you are doing online dating, um, putting in information ahead of time so people can make that make that decision. Um, is is there any particular, uh, dating apps or scenes or different places that if if I or somebody else who heard this episode that may be like, you know what? I'm I'm fucking solo poly. That they may be able to navigate to 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 find out. Yes, so there
0: are I so mind you this isn't isn't an ad. But um, there's an app called Hashtag Open, literally Hashtag Open. It is an app that is specifically designed for people who are polyamorous, who are looking to date other people. Um, You can either create a profile as a a solo person or create a profile as a couple. Um, Do keep in mind, though, as a person who is solo poly, if you decide to date other polyamorous people who are in relationships – It does tend to be a scenario of you having to take a little bit of a backseat in terms of they have already established their relationship, their dynamics. So you need to be a little bit more keen on your vetting process. And by vetting, I mean, asking as many questions as possible to make sure that your vibe fits into their vibe. Not every poly person or polyamorous person is looking to date together as a unit. So let's say, you know, you're living the dream and you go and you meet two young ladies who are in a relationship together. And they say, hey, we're polyamorous and we're maybe looking to add a boyfriend that you could enter into their relationship, but just know you're following more of their cues versus um, the ones you would Mm -hmm. be making for yourself. Um, so there'll be a lot more compromise. Um, or you can choose to date one of the young ladies out of that relationship. Or let's say she has a husband instead of a wife or another girlfriend instead of a, instead of a boyfriend. Uh, I'm sorry, instead of a girlfriend. And then you can enter into that. But just know you'll be following their cues. Um, another website that's um, very popular is OkCupid. What's nice in OKCupid, you can actually add in your header, um, as and also choose your relationship style and specifically list yourself as non-monogamous. So then that way, people who are you can you can literally filter out the other people who aren't non-monogamous and just choose them. Um, I often say if. If you can, if there's room in your bio to put that you are ethically non-monogamous or non-monogamous, throw it in there. It'll help the other people. If it's not for them, they just keep swiping and they'll pick someone new. Um, Try to do your best when you go on dates with new people. If they didn't have it in their profile, if they don't have it in their bio, to bring it up on the first date to literally bring it up on the first date. Hmm. So then that way they can make the choice on whether or not they want to go on this journey with you, or if this isn't something that suits their spirit and they want to go and entertain someone who just wants to be monogamous.
1: This is great stuff. That's great stuff. So I, I I guess I got some, some soul searching and writing to do, to look at parameters to see what mm-hmm. what, 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 I want and desire and my preferences. So I mean, you've definitely given me some homework and,
0: Uh, By all means, reach out whenever you want to. i would be happy to hear how your story goes. Beware of cheaters. Beware of cheaters. uh, Ask as many questions as you feel are appropriate that aren't outside of the realm of being like, um, um, like some sort of like gross like person who's just being um vain. But if you feel if you genuinely feel like you're talking to someone and you're clicking, but they feel like they're holding back, don't feel weird about probing and asking, oh, so do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Are you married? Are you separated? Are you legally married? Are you legally separated? Do you have someone long distance? Do you have someone short distance? Are you... Um What is your relationship, what is your relationship status with the people you've recently been broken up with? Are you still lovers with someone? Like, feel free to probe and ask as many questions that you feel are necessary, so that way you're also moving forward with all the transparency and all the information. If someone's not a liar, if someone has good intentions, they will answer your questions honestly and respectfully. If they aren't willing to answer your questions, they're likely trying to hide something and that sort of like Mm. lack of being genuine is a red flag so be beware of those things as well
1: that makes a lot of sense Safia thank you so much for for joining me this week it's about damn time before we go I want you to shout out all your stuff I want people to know where they can find you at
0: okay so for me I'm Safia Darling on all platforms um my tiktok is SP spsafia because they won't let you put the word sex in anything so it's SP spsafia on tiktok i'm SP spsafia mm-hmm. on twitter i'm sex positive safia on instagram and Expo- sex positive safia on facebook
1: all right i love it yo mm-hmm. y- y'all go follow this lady please go follow this lady you- you'll get so much information <laughs> she's helped me out immensely today safia thank you so much for joining me this week it's about damn time Thank you for joining me this week on this About Damn Time. Hey, if you like what you heard, follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and IG and join the conversation on this week's episode. Link to all my socials in the show notes. You can also show love by simply giving me a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, for more blogs, pods, and other digital content, go to thewholedamnshow.com Until next time, I'll see you next week.